Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Sephra's Green and Greener show where we decode simpler steps to living a more sustainable life. Today I am joined by none other than Shivangi who is one of the founders of Disguise Cosmetics. Over to you Shivangi, how are you doing? Hi, good, good. Good, I'm so happy to have you here. So, without wasting too much time, let's get into the life of Disguise Cosmetics and uh, let I we also want to get to know you in the process, right? Shivangi, tell us about yourself. How did you get into the world of disguise? Give us a, give us life pre-disguise, basically. Um, actually, for me, it's something that um, I, I, I feel like I've been working in the beauty industry for centuries. I don't want to tell you how old I am, but I feel uh, so several years in the beauty industry, and like I worked with multinationals in terms of. Um, uh, the makeup space, skincare, haircare. So that's literally been my universe. Um, I feel like I've always been super interested in makeup because I've always loved colors. I love painting. I'm, I'm, I wish I was an artist. That is my aspiration, but clearly not good enough. Uh, so colors is something that has always interested me. And I like to believe I'm an artist at heart, but not really in uh, the reality. So makeup is a very natural uh, progression for me. Um, so actually disguise was something that just um, happened to like it's like friends having coffee together and that's how the journey for disguise started. Um, while working at um, you know like uh, I was working in some company and we used to work in the research space so all my life we worked uh, behind the scenes uh, working at you know creating the products working with what goes into it. And one of the things we realized is that a lot of makeup products continue to use animal-derived ingredients. And this is something that, you know, people were not aware of. Yeah, so I think it was one of the things that we were really surprised as to how a lot of people are not that informed in terms of what all goes into makeup. Yeah. And considering the fact that um, a lot of uh, makeup products first continued to be tested on animals was something that was really surprising to us. Because actually the science did not make sense as well. So you cannot coordinate the results of uh, the testing is done on animals with a very high dosage, which is not replicable to, um, you know, the human population. So it wasn't even something that made sense, but continued to happen. Um, so at that point, we really wanted to create um, more of a brand that does not harm any uh, living being while creating makeup. Um, and uh, we wanted to also to make sure that most of our shades are made such that they're suitable for Indian skin tone. Uh, because five years back, which is when we started, uh, most of the makeup brands um, that existed were always multinationals um, that were largely created more for skin around the world. Uh, whereas in India, actually, you have the highest number of different skin tones anywhere across the globe. Uh, so we just felt like there was um, something that we'd like to do in terms of having shades that are more for India as well as like the textures of India as well as um, the sort of climate we live in. So that's how we started. It was literally just a coffee conversation where we were like, let's do this. And that's how it started. So I don't have an elaborate story. No, but that's but but that's extremely interesting. So y'all would see all three of you were in research for, like in the cosmetics industry. Wow. So why can you tell us more like so you became friends while working so i don't know if we were friends frankly but i think we've become friends over time working together um we were colleagues and like definitely liked hanging out with each other um but it's been amazing considering that you know like these are people like we used to know i mean we were working together 
um, just decided that we, you know, find this an interesting space and started Disguise. So literally, that's just how it happened. That's extremely interesting. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, your educational background? Like, you know, to get into this space, do you need any particular type of degree? Um, I think like, um, I mean, for us, basically all of us come from the research background. So I have uh, done my uh, BSc. So I've studied biochemistry, chemistry and a post-graduation in perfumery and cosmetics. Um, whereas my partners basically like come from an engineering, one of them comes from an engineering background and uh, the other one has done an MBA. So it's very, very different. But for us, we all come from the side, like the research background and something that's always interested us. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to study something in very specific. Uh, you have to have an interest in chemistry. Uh, largely, that's what is uh, required. Uh, besides that, there are lots of courses, engineering, if you want to look at more of the operations. So there are a lot of aspects of creating makeup as well. Um, so it really depends on what uh, is interesting to you and you should take that up, basically. Awesome. We're really interested in the, you know, the beauty industry as a whole. So I think you would be the right person to shed some light. And we are calling this section the dark secrets. If they're actually that dark, you know, you did mention that there were animal derived ingredients, right? So... Can you share some light as to what what ingredients are being used and in what, you know, is it the pigment of the color or is it some chemical that we don't actually get to see but it's required? So I think um, a lot of ingredients, uh, so color is definitely like carmine is one of the ingredients that basically originates from the cochineal insects. So it's actually a crushed beetle. When you hear of it, you're like, yeah, why would I use it? And like, why would anyone use it? Yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, you also have a lot of ingredients like you have keratin, which is milk originated, or like beeswax, which is from the honeycombs. Um, there used to be a lot more ingredients as well. But like over time, I feel people have found more synthetic replacements over time and kind of tried to uh, replace them as well. Because you also had like, you know, fish scales that you use for shiny pearl pigments. You used to have keratin from horns and hoofs that you basically um, got from animals. But um, I feel like the good thing is that at least progressively, we're all trying to be um, a little bit more conscious about the sort of choices we make. And lesser and lesser um, of these ingredients are getting used, which is a good thing, basically, eventually. So, yeah. And also animal um, testing is kind of not being done anymore, largely is what I believe. So, yeah, so that's another good thing. So, uh, I mean, I know it's definitely decreased in the last, I would say, 10 years, especially the amount of animal testing, as you're saying, or animal ingredients, let's say that. But for the brands that still use it or are still not, you know, PETA certified, for example, is there any way in which the industry can be better about that? Like, are there any easy switches? Um, I think it's a definitely easy. The thing is, like, uh, again, like with makeup, I feel it's, again, an easy choice to be um, making the vegan choice because it's also not something um, that, you know, you're kind of compromising in terms of quality or it's not a difficult change, frankly. So it's something that you can easily do. Uh, in terms of even the industry, I feel everyone is trying to make those changes. It's just sometimes it's easier and harder, especially, for example, if you need to look at completely natural colorants. Cam like carmine, though it's in insect origin, does come under the classification of natural. Yeah. So therefore, like if you don't have too many choices, then you go for that versus the other. 
Uh, but I feel like uh, what is nice is people are getting a lot more aware of it, are making the choices, and it's constantly improving, which is only a good sign for everyone. Got it. That's awesome. The three things that I, especially as a, as a consumer of these things, not the manufacturer, I've been listening to a lot of, you know, your products need to be paraben-free, lead-free, sulfate-free. So how harmful are these ingredients actually? And can is there any short-term, long-term effects that we should know about? I mean, actually, I don't know if this is too controversial, but sometimes I feel like um, there's a lot of like bad publicity. Like one ingredient is just made to look like a really bad guy without actually really looking into things sometimes. Um, to give you an example, like mineral oil, like is like made, I, I know the origin is petrochemicals, so it definitely has... Um, the origin is not great, but sometimes um, it's the most inert material and the most safe in terms of, um, you know, like sensitive skin or it'll not cause any reactions. It's a very good, um, you know, it forms a great film in terms of keeping the moisture. In. So um, from an actual use perspective, it's great. Um, the same way with parabens, like there are various grades of parabens. You have methyl, propyl, there, it's not just parabens, it's just that um, it also depends on concentration. It's not in isolation that, um, you know, like none of it should be used. Everything comes with the fact that there is a product and then the concentration that you should be using it and how it does. Yeah. Definitely there are some parabens that cause like, you know, hormonal changes, etc. And that's why it has some amount of the bad publicity as well. Um, lead, again, lead, of course, is very harmful. So it's not uh, that all of them are terrible. Uh, definitely, but some of them have are not as bad, but are also made to sound a lot worse than they are. And even in terms of like uh, sulfates, frankly, um, uh, sulfates are actually bad for the environment more than anything else. So I definitely think I'm glad people will use lesser of it, uh, but it's actually not as hum. It's not as ba bad for you in terms of your skin, etc. It's more like it's environmental friendly. It's not as environmental friendly in terms of its degradation. And a lot of times also people talk about, um, you know, makeup being sulfate free, which is actually irrelevant because sulfates is more relevant in most of the times more washing products or cleansers and things like that. So I feel like then when you have like sulfate free like eyeshadow, it's irrelevant, right? Like nobody is using sulfates and eyeshadows anyways. But then it becomes like a marketing thing. Like. Then it's just like, you know, it's sulfate free. Like yeah. then you just use words without it actually making any like sense. But yeah, I guess that's how it is. It's like in the food and bev industry, like gluten. Yeah. Some products just don't have gluten ever. They've never had gluten, but now they're like, we are gluten free because they're trying to appeal to a, a segment that is looking for everything free, 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 free of this, free of that. It just sounds like it's like better, I guess. True that. We've done a little bit, you know, overview of the beauty industry. Is there anything else you want to add on? Like that would be that also, you know, maybe not disturbed you, but made you think back when you were in the beauty industry that made you switch to disguise? Um, I, I feel like largely it was just something that, you know, we wanted to kind of create. Um, another thing I feel like I've changed a lot, like with disguise is, um, in terms of my person, like being more conscious as a person. Um, so I've not grown up being like, you know, super like aware of like, um, the environment or like the impact or anything to be very honest. Um, but over time with starting, uh, disguise, 
actually like meeting people, just learning about like a lot more of the plastic consumption, what we can do to change things. Um, I won't say I've become like incredibly like, I mean, I've not become like someone who makes, creates no waste because that would be a lie. But I definitely feel like um, it's, I'm at least thinking about what I'm using and at least thinking about what I can try and do better, which I think is something that um, in a personal front, I think it's a great change for myself. Yeah, that's the first step, right? You need you need people to take cognizance of the fact that, okay, I am messing up or I am doing something. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, um, I mean, uh, since we do a lot of events, people are like, you know, and, you know, when they ask you, like, why are you vegan? Like, I don't, I'm not vegan. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, you don't need to necessarily be vegan. People are like, I'm not environmentally conscious. I'm not that sort of person. There will be always a range, right? So you'll have people who care a lot more and people who don't care. The objective should be everyone moves a little bit into the right direction. Everybody is not going to get like, you know, uh, where they don't waste any water, don't like create any waste and can live in one bottle of uh, plastic a year or anything like that. But I feel like uh, just, you know, being aware of things allows you to make a few choices that are easy at least. You can start with that and then see where it goes for you. It's a very nice take, I would say. I think you're right. Sustainability is a journey. It's You can't start from zero and reach 100. Yeah, I also feel like people feel like it's like nothing or all. Like where it's like, oh my God, like... Um, what if I like uh, become vegan but I anyways use plastic so what's the point so I might as well do everything but I don't think like it can be like one thing is better than nothing exactly so you you try one thing one day you try the next thing one day so I, I also share a very similar philosophy when uh, people do ask me if they do lol few people but if they do ask me like you know about plant-based how do I get it you know what do I do I'm stressed I don't know man I have to give up this give up that I'm like just you know you need to like Take it as slowly as you want to do. You can literally try because there are so many components. For example, even in dairy, even in meat, right? For example, like you can start one day. Okay, I'll start with once a week. I won't have dairy. Thrice a week, I'll try another replacement. I'll try a substitute. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then you take it from there. So one by one, you can eliminate or not or try some other strategy because everyone's different, right? So what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. So... It's all a, it's, it should be a comfortable journey and everyone should be happy about the steps that they're taking. So yeah, I completely agree with you in that regard. So you sort of already brought in my next question, which was, uh, you know, zooming into disguise, talking about the ingredients that, you know, the raw materials that go into each product and disguise. How do you ensure that all of these ingredients are so sustainably or are as ethical you know as you are putting on the label so um this is another thing i feel it's really hard to control in india because we don't have regulations um that really it's very self-regulatory so a lot of uh, what brands follow is what like you want to believe in and you know like how honest you want to be uh from our perspective there are a lot of things that um we um try and control because it's a very important part of who we are because we've been very close to like the creation of products and the product is something that we're closer to in general from our personal interests and things like that um so we always ensure like we uh, most of the times we work with subcontractors um because makeup as an industry is very more regulated you have to have an fda certified factory um and uh, from those aspects, we've, we've known these uh, vendors for years. 
So it's a lot about relationship, trust, things like that. So we usually work with only vendors that, you know, we know well and like we obviously have to believe them at the end of the day. Um, and we get a lot of the certifications. We have some questionnaires that we need to fill out from them as well as uh, the suppliers um, to make sure that everything that we're doing, um, we are not like using anything that's like animal derived or it's not even used even while creating the raw materials, right? Because there are multiple processes of um, checks in terms of when they're creating the raw materials, are they using any animal-derived ingredients or any of that. Uh, so we work very closely with our vendors, our suppliers, etc., to try and see that we're able to control this part of the process. There are a lot of aspects, even like, you know, you have mica, which is a very big um, ingredient used in the makeup industry that has... Uh, child labor is a big concern, so we always want to make sure that we know where the source of the mica is, things like that. Um, so these are part of the processes that we follow, and like um, at the end of it, sadly, like there's no like real certification or any way uh, that we're able to like get it completely as uh, crystal clear and transparent as we would like it to be. Yeah, I have read a lot about mica. I think in India is one of the biggest exporters because we have a we have a lot of mines basically um, that I mean allow us and they use child labor to mine it basically because it's a natural resource largely available in India. So yeah, again, this is a, just a question that literally just came to me. Is there anything that we as regular citizens could do to petition for uh, no child labor in mines? I think it's a lot of it has been, I mean, a lot of people have complained and now like basically a lot of global suppliers don't use it unless they have. And there are a lot of, uh, you know, like human rights uh, organizations that also do checks uh, regularly. So I feel like it would be improved having said that, like, you know, the ground reality is something that, I mean, like, as, as an outsider, I can only say like, there's a lot more awareness about it the more awareness that is created hopefully more people talk about it there is more pressure at the end like it's only about like you know all the things that you do talk about it and awareness and then maybe over time it does not happen and maybe it's not happening anymore but it's something that yeah, i know i'm pretty sure it's happening i i mean it's just something that would be difficult for you to know unless you're in that like on the ground reality something that's always like a little harder to tell again about this guy so currently how many products or like SKUs do you have a lot more than we should <laughs> we have about uh, 75 SKUs currently uh, but that's what makeup does because you have a lot of different shades in every uh, product so you have a lot more variety because of I mean that does make sense so is there anything new exciting for the foreseeable future that we can you can share with us without of course revealing too much um, we done five next month. Wow, congratulations. But uh, we have some exciting things coming up. So uh, we're going to be having some new launches in the next few months. Not exactly next month, but a few months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, she can't reveal too much, but uh, we're, we are excited. Uh, you must know that. So, but are there any challenges that you all have faced as trying to be like a, a vegan, you know, uh, from scratch beauty brand? Uh, I feel like a lot of people uh, in like earlier, at least when we started about five years back, 
I think vegan as a concept was something like I don't know. I don't know if you felt this, but a lot of times when you know people say you're a feminist, they like kind of look down upon you. Like it's like a bad word, you know, to some extent. And I felt like um, in the past, a lot of people used to be like, "But I'm not vegan," and you know, like, "Oh my god," like you know, like yeah, like I'm not like really buying food. That's still very much present. Feel it's not. not lesser in makeup so um i feel like it's improved with a little bit more awareness uh, i won't say it's gone but at least it's like definitely um people have been a lot more accepting and like i said people have been like okay this seems like a great product still it's as good as any other product vegan or not vegan so it's a choice that i can make easily so we've definitely seen um, a lot more of a difference of like people not thinking that vegan is like a bad word or something that you know like oh my god like um it's just not looked down upon anymore at least like so i think there is a that much of a change which is good yeah any other challenges like from a business point of view yeah i think in general business is like hard is me that's true that's true that's true i mean again like i feel like i have new found respect for entrepreneurs because i i feel like when you Um, when you're on the other side, you feel like, oh my god, it would be amazing to be an entrepreneur. You have flexibility of time, which is not tr- really true because you're 24/7 working versus, uh, you know, more fixed times. Um, but I feel, um, honestly, for me, it's been an insanely uh, great learning experience. I don't think anything could have taught me better. Um, I think as a person, I have become far more confident in doing things I'm uncomfortable with, like. Right. I feel like you have to make yourself comfortable with the most uncomfortable things that in your life you'd be like I would never do this and then it's like okay Dida I'm doing it right now. So I think like there are aspects of business that really um you know like make you a different person. And it's just I think personally for me it's made me a better person for whatever it's worth. I also like the idea that you know you're able to like have a team of your own support like you know whatever you know a small way like we have a small team so whatever our small team is so i feel that gives me a lot of joy versus um so yeah i mean it's been fun i don't think it's been uh, i mean obviously business every day there's a new challenge and a new problem like that doesn't like go away uh but overall i think i wouldn't trade it for anything because i just feel like um what it taught me i don't think anything else could have like uh so yeah so that's pretty much that's amazing yeah so that's really nice to hear we do hear there are a couple of challenges that that sometimes goes into like you know being a woman entrepreneur i hate saying that but it is true so i want to i do want to address that with you no i definitely agree and i just feel like the most annoying thing is like when you know like people think you're a woman entrepreneur people uh, always presume this like a side hobby like it's like you know they don't think you can have an ambition to have a relevant business which is really annoying like i mean if you're allowed to have ambitions and so i mean i i just feel like it's always like you know it must be some small brand you must be selling from home you must be making it at home and i'm like it, it just like i feel that judgment of like it's there's nothing wrong with having that small business the question is like um people automatically just presume if if i had to say the same thing versus like someone else they automatically don't take you as seriously and always presume that you're just trying to like keep occupy your time versus you know uh trying to build something which i find irritating when i think you get over it considering like 
I do feel like um, overall as a society, I mean, that's how it is. Like, And it's everywhere, right? And we have to make a conscious effort to change it. And we don't realize it a lot of times, but in every aspect of our lives, like, you know, um, like, why is my middle name my father's name? It's not about, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's just that uh, while growing up, we think all these things are so normal and this is just such an acceptable thing that I, I feel like it all stems down for us, like, to believe that we're a lot more, like, male-oriented as a society. And I think we need to, like, change all the smaller things as well so that eventually, like, you know, these differences don't exist. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. As I'm going back to my previous point, it's all the first step is acceptance and realization that, oh my God, like whatever we will, we grow up thinking, you know, as as women, like, oh yeah, middle name. Oh yeah, it's normal. Oh, this is normal. Like It's not a big deal. Like I'm not like upset about it, but it just, these are signs that basically, you know, we automatically like grow up with, right? So eventually, then a lot of things I feel women are very accepting of us um, and all of us as part of life. You're made to be. I don't know if it, it's not a good thing. In fact, it made me angry. I was very angry. I, I agree. But then that's my point, right? Like, so we need to as like once you get aware, that's the first step to try and see what you are able to change. Like everything is not going to be like, okay, now I'm not going to like... Nothing happens overnight. Yeah, but at least like um, the first step is to try and be like more cognizant of the fact that this happened. And at least noticing it. Yeah. And you know, even I was like, um, actually, I have a kid. So, you know, like, we're just thinking like, whenever we talk about animals, we usually refer to them as like male. I don't know why. Like, I was just trying to think of it. And um, like, you know, when I was talking about like the tiger also, like he will be sleeping. And I was like, I don't even know why I do this, you know. Uh, I still don't know why, but um, it's just something that I was noticing a little bit more of uh, while I think about it. That, you know, from us, we have to start thinking about, like, you know, just changing a few of the things so that it's not so abnormal eventually. I mean, in, in the English language in general, there's a lot of he. So even when you're you're giving an example, in, in Hindi also now people do it. Are, think about it. If you know, that person Or like, you know, he did this, like, you're literally talking about a hypothetical situation, but it's... But it feels so natural, right? Yeah, and then you're like, but why? Like, why wouldn't it have been the other way around? Okay, I have another question for you about the challenges. Okay, so now, of course, five years ago, you started from scratch, nothing. Like, you all were brand new. So, are there any challenges you faced in sort of attracting new customers to a brand like yours? Um, honestly, for me, the initial year, like initial days, was amazing because uh, we started with selling at Little Flea in Bombay. Um, you know, and for us, like we've never been in front of people or sold a single product in our lives, right? So we've always worked behind the scene. And um, the first weekend of Little Flea, like we went, we only had one product because we didn't have. What was your first product? Lipsticks. Our lipsticks was our first product. Um, we started with, uh, we, we didn't even, we had eight shades um, and we were sold out the first weekend. The second weekend we got another batch and we were sold out the second weekend also. So that was like, um, you know, a great feeling considering like, you know, you've never experienced what people, like people want to pay money and buy something you've made. Um, so that was a great start for us, honestly, like it allowed us to actually believe that we can do this as well. Um, I think initially we had a lot of consumers that, you know, used to write us pages of like reviews. And so I feel earlier there was a lot more 
real customer, lot more engagement, lot more like interest in like being friends or like there's a lot more of a personal like I don't know personal touch or personal like uh, over the years I feel that has changed. I feel like everything has just gotten larger. Social media has just ballooned up, so it's not as um, intimate an experience as it was. At least for me, like that's how I look at it because most of the times you know. Even when someone placed an order, there was a challenge. You know, it was me calling them up. It's very different versus um, now. I mean, still we continue to call customers, but not that large. Uh, but um, I just feel overall that like the customers being closer that has changed over the years, and I think I liked it better a little earlier. Got it. Got it. But these are the things that happen when your business expands. It's a uh, I'm not sure it's expanded so much, but uh, there are always two sides. Yeah, it it happens. I I know I know what you mean. Um, when you started five years ago, where were you manufacturing your products? We were manufacturing with a subcontractor. Okay, okay, from the right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we worked very closely to create the formula with him, um, and get it done because it has to be like like I said, an FDA certified factory. It's not something you can make. And I feel makeup is a lot more equipment versus skincare because you know, like a skincare, you need an emulsifier, weighing scale, and like maybe a water bath, and you can make it at home. Uh, makeup is not exactly the same, and uh, there are a lot more controls you require. You have a lot more colors, you know, like a lot more processes involved. So, how when you started, what was your team size, more or less? Was it just the three of you? Uh, three of us and like one more person, Mayur. Like largely, that's what we started with. And today, uh, today we're like ten of us. Wow, that is growth, and that's awesome. And of course, we wish you all the very best, so that you keep growing. And maybe five years down the line, you're gonna remember us as the the yeah that one random thing that we did in 2023. But uh, yeah, all the best. And that actually brings us to the end of this of the educational part of this podcast. Now we do want to end with a. Little fun segment, you know, ending on a lighter note after all the information that we've uh, learned today from Shivangi. So the first game is a rapid fire. Okay, it's a little beauty. You're like a courage or in the making. I don't want to say that. I I am Sephra. But anyway, okay. So are you ready? Yes. You don't look at my screen. Okay. My first question. Your favorite go-to beauty product? Um, my kajal, my all-day gel kajal. Okay. One. We need two words or less. Okay. One person you are grateful for in life? Um, my mom. Okay, great. That took some time, but we'll take it. One thing you want to change in the beauty industry? I think clarity of information. Okay. Uh, your favorite shade? Red. 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 Love that. It was very easy. Your your word. Your most hated shade? Uh, I think brown sometimes. Okay. Cool, you did pretty well. Uh, okay, I have another game for you. I say one word, and you tell me the first word that comes to your mind. This is obviously also a beauty edition. Okay, the first word is beauty. Uh, inside is more important. Three words, but we'll take it. Money. Uh, I wish I had more. Come on, one word. You, you have to give me one word. Uh, this is really hard. We can leave it at more. More. Okay. Uh, cruelty. Free. Animals. Love. Green. More needed. To what? What? 
more green more more okay more needed okay 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 and your last word is lipstick best friend <laughs> okay we'll also accept that but it is like hyphenated yeah that's why we take again taking okay so this brings us to the absolute end of our amazing episode with Shivangi from Disguise Cosmetics. Thank you so much, Shivangi. For- Thank you so much. And I hope you had a good time. Yes. Definitely. Okay, we say bye-bye. <laughs>